All right, we want to welcome you guys back to episode eight of Stern's Tech Talk. My name is JD, and I got my co-host here, Miguel. What's up? And uh, first thing on the docket for official news is Google has sent out invites for their hardware event on October 6th. So we're really excited to see the in-person product of the Pixel series. And uh, speaking of which, um, there's the rumors that they will be powered by the Google Tensor G2. So I don't have any um, particular specs on what that would be in comparison to the previous Tensor chip, but uh, we do know it will be an upgraded uh, processor. So that's something we can definitely look forward to on that uh, October 6th event. That's good. Yeah, yeah, definitely good. Um, Kind of progressing along, so... And then uh, next off, we also have, uh, according to Mac rumors, um, there's been the speculation of what the front-facing camera array will look like, and a lot of it has uh, detailed that it will be a pill slash punch hole cutout. Um, but now they're actually saying that evidently Apple can shut off certain pixels between the punch hole and the pill shape, and they will use that for potential um, privacy component indicators, so like your mic or your camera, and it'll pretty much just be one whole extended pill shape, which I think, uh, personally, I think that's a really good design um, touch instead of just, you know, separating that. Yeah, and I would actually agree with you on that note. Um, I think that uh, Apple having the ability to shut off those pixels, I think that gives them lead weight for a notification lights we already uh know they can do that the top right uh where when you're facetime or you have audio playing or um when you're recording something through your microphone it already shows that exactly um yep so that's good i i do think it's see i wasn't really really down with the whole pill thing um one of one of the reasons why is because we had talked about it a few episodes ago uh is because um the actual pill goes down a little more uh so you're actually losing more a little more space not a huge deal but it's just something to consider uh, when you're looking at previous versions with a notch you still have a little more space um but it's cool i'm i'm still a little bit iffy about it but i am glad that at least they're um not compromising anything necessarily in fact they're trying to add a little more make it look more uniform yeah yeah so yeah that's good yeah and with that, because of the expected pill shape being smaller, um, this also gives them the opportunity that it's also rumored that they will implement the um, classic battery percentage icon. So not the one that's in iOS 16 that we've seen in the betas, but the one that you've seen in the past on iPhone you know, 7, 8, um, where it'll actually have the battery bar, and then next to it, it'll actually have the percentage. So because yeah. of that you know, decreased array, you're going to get more space, and you can actually finally get back to where we were um, you know, quite a few years ago. So definitely something I'm looking forward to. Uh, the event is tomorrow. We're really excited. Um, that will be taking place 1 p.m. Eastern time, so uh, you can definitely check that out on YouTube. Uh, moving along, we will uh, be looking at the Sony... Xperia 5 Mark IV, uh, that was announced last week, and um, it's got some interesting specs there considering the price line. So um, mm-hmm. the previous uh, big dog, Sony One Mark IV, was $1,600, and uh, I just feel like that was way too much money for what Sony was trying to sell that phone for. 
this one, the Xperia 5 Mark IV, uh, dropped off $600 right there. So you, it's, it's only 1000 And it packs some pretty good specs here. Uh, we've got a 6.1-inch FHD OLED screen uh, that has HDR capabilities at 120 hertz. And the resolution is 1080 by 2520 which gives you 449 pixels per inch. So definitely a decent screen right there. Uh, and then we have uh, 5,000 milliamps uh, for the actual power, uh, charging 50% in 30 minutes. So that's more of a warp charge we've seen with Samsung. Not too bad there. Um, yeah, definitely. Well, that's an advertised. So yeah, hopefully they can get it that way. Yeah, hopefully. Uh, and then there's wireless charging in reverse wireless charging as well. Uh, and then there is a headphone jack. There is still somehow in today's modern era of tech a headphone jack in a phone. Um, so that's that's really pleasant to see for sure because uh, it is good to see something more more of a classic, uh, I guess you could say. So yeah, and I think that allows the uh, user to use external components, especially since this um, phone is geared more towards uh, photography and videography as well. Yes, so, and with that you have your uh, three camera array on the back and they're all packing 12 megapixels so wide telephoto and ultra wide um, all those are 12 and it records up to 4k at 120 frames per second and then hd at 240 frames per second and then with the front camera you have again a 12 megapixel wide hdr with 4k at 30 frames per second which is you know expected with a front-facing camera yep and the uh, colors that we're seeing is uh, just black however uh, future uh, exclusive phones will uh, have green and uh, white as well coming after that. So uh, not a whole lot of variations of color like you normally see on most phones, um, but you still get you know a couple different options there. Um, this phone is starting at uh, $999, so $1,000. Um, just looking at the phone, and we're going to get to some you know minor setbacks here, but just looking at the some phone for down, base yeah. value, I would say it is worth $999. Thousand um, dollars, yeah. Especially since it has the Qualcomm Snapdragon Eighth Gen One, so yeah. it's got that in there. Um, it's powering by a Andrino Seven Thirty running Android Twelve, and then you've also got a choice of one hundred twenty-eight or two hundred fifty-six gigs of storage running UFS three point one with eight gigs of RAM. So, and you also get an expandable um, storage slot for an SD card. So really good specs on this phone for a thousand dollars. If you if you just look at it from you know a face value point, I really feel like this is yeah. um, a pretty valuable phone. Um, but I, I think a lot of it will come down to the execution of it all. So uh, you know when you're breaking things down, if you look at it on some of the simple features, uh, we'll just look at the camera for example. Um, if you look at the user interface and you hold it landscape, uh, you flip it upside down the user interface text stays uh, upside down as well. So mm. for whatever reason, Samsung or Sony felt like you could just keep it on one side of the landscape. I don't really know why that's the case. Um, and then you also have issues with the screen flickering on and off, according to some uh, sources online and some video reviews um, during a phone call. I don't know why that's the case. And some of these things you can obviously see that be, they could be fixed with uh, future software updates. Yeah, but I just, you know, for a phone that's a thousand dollars, I mean, these are things that you could probably see being wrong with like a budget, extremely budget from like for like from AT and T or Verizon, um, for like a hundred or two hundred dollars. So I, I don't really know why those are even in there as as issues. 
Um, plus the fact that evidently mm-hmm. um, there's some been issues with call quality as well. So, yeah, it shouldn't be in there at all. the The price that you pay for a phone, we see it a lot nowadays. More premium flagships start about eight hundred, nine hundred dollars, and those are the the type of phones that have good quality cameras. They have good software, good hardware. Um, not a whole lot of problems with that. So when I see a phone that has these minor issues in it and it's a thousand dollars, I'm thinking something's not right here. And I, I also would like to say, and we talked about this last week. Um, you know, Google's always been really good with ad revenue and YouTube subscriptions and that kind of thing. Apple's always good with their phones. Windows is always good with their actual, um, obviously Windows 10 operating system. Operating system. Yeah. Yeah. Sony is always really good with their cameras. So I would expect for this camera to be fairly high quality. If if I'm seeing these issues already, and we haven't even gotten to the rest of these yet, um, if I'm seeing these issues right now for $1,000, this camera better be pretty good, pretty dang good. Because I'm not paying $1,000 just for a a camera to be like, eh, quality, you know, kind of like base, you know, iPhone 13 Pro or Samsung Ultra, whatever, I expect it to be much better. Exactly. So. Yeah, for sure. Because, I mean, like you said, you're, you're looking at like just not even the Pro uh, iPhones or, or the, you know, S22 Ultra. If you're just looking at the standard base S22 or the base iPhone 13, you know, seven dollars $800 is right there. This is $1,000. So, like I say, yeah. the specs, you know, are good. But with this type of thing, I, I definitely hope with future software updates that these things will be addressed and they'll be fixed. Um, so, and then moving along with that, I, I feel like based on other content creators and their opinions uh, and the results of um, their interaction with the phone, I feel like Sony is just still relying too much on their camera hardware. I mean, this this is their bread and butter. Yes. This is what they're good at. But at the same time, um, we've mentioned this in the past, even on some of the episodes we haven't even uploaded in the beginning. We talked about the fact that there are certain companies out there that really know how to balance um, hardware sensors when it comes to cameras and then post-capture processing. I just don't feel like Sony is quite there yet. I don't feel like they're utilizing you know, the 8th Gen 1 to its full capacity when it comes to, you know, camera quality um, and the results that you're getting. So, mm-hmm. and in addition to that, when you're looking at the user interface for the phone, like I said, or for the camera, I should say, um, the pro settings that you have are amazing. They really are. They're they're really down to the detail. You can break it down. You can get the right setting that you want to take a really professionally great photo. The problem is, is that I feel like they need to just have a, a button that you can shut off all of the craziness and just get the minimal features that you want when taking that, you know, to-go shot right away. So, um, and then all in all, I think the biggest thing, like you were saying, with this being f- primarily centered around a, uh, a camera phone, this seems to be having issues with its thermal capacity. Yeah. Um, after two, three, four minutes of recording, um, users are st- stating that this is heating up, which mm. I, I don't understand why a $1,000 phone that is centered around, you know, photography and videography, why it's overheating like that, uh, which makes it almost near impossible to feel like you're really succeeding at that goal of taking those great photos or those memorable videos, you know? So, yeah. um I really like the fact that this phone is here. I like that it's on the market. 
Uh, I just really hope that in the future iterations, future generations of this Xperia lineup, that we'll see um, a more improved, refined phone. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and hopefully, maybe we'll be able to get our uh, hands on one in the future, um, just to see how how well of quality the phone is, how good exactly. well it takes pictures. So, you know, we'll see about we'll see, and we'll uh, give our full honest review, even if it just comes out and we don't we can't get it, but. And uh, moving along, we got Mark Gurman and 91 Mobiles uh, revealing what uh, uh, they believe to be the uh, CAD renders for the Apple Watch Pro. Um, Gurman has uh, also stated on Twitter that the Pro will come with a programmable button. Yeah, looking at that image that he uh, posted, I'm not really impressed by that. I almost think even with a CAD render and the lack of you know color finish and stuff like that, it almost kind of looks ugly. And I, I know other people have said that, other uh, uh, analysts out there. I, I just can't disagree. It's it, it does look kind of just out of place, um, and the fact that there is a programmable button there, I think that's great. I think that's um, that they can add one more physical addition to that watch. It's just the way it looks is pretty. It's just not attractive. So, and we'll definitely post that link to it in the description so you guys can look at it as well. Um, I don't know. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Um, it just, yeah, I agree with you. It just seems very, you know, I guess edged that, that front screen right there. It just pops off a bit. Um, there's no slickness. There's not really a whole lot of roundness to it. Um, that crown is like a gear. Um, yes, it's a very classic type of crown gear. Yeah. Yeah. Which, which I think some people would not have a huge problem with. And to be honest, it's not a major deal breaker for me, but when you look at a lot of Apple's previous, uh, watches, they tend to have a smaller refined look. And this one doesn't seem to now maybe that's, yeah. Now maybe that's just because it has to do with it being a pro version. And we even saw with Samsung's, uh, galaxy watch five pro, uh, they also had sort of a, a more of a distinct look, kind of reminiscent of older type watches just a little bit, but still keeping that modern uh, tech look. Yes. Uh, so, yes, this, I mean... I, I feel like this veers away from it. Yeah, just a bit. So, yeah, I would agree with you. It's just... It, it, it's. Not... I mean, I don't mind the fact that it has a flat screen. That's not the problem. It's just the way that it looks. Like you're saying, it protrudes out from the, yeah. uh, the chassis. Yep. And it just does, I mean, I, we'll have to wait and see until till it comes out tomorrow, or at least is announced tomorrow, um, to see how it looks in a full finished body. But from, from these CAD renders, I, I'm hoping that maybe this is an outdated one, and they've maybe done some more refining to it um, that we haven't seen yet. So, um, but yeah. For sure. So we're excited to see that finally. It's been quite a... <laughs> Quite a few weeks, quite a couple of months, just awaiting what we're going to. Yeah, be quite a journey here. with all those rumors. I know yep. we've had many updates. Now we're we're heading right into the final release of iOS 16. Um, we've discussed loads of different things about it, so um, we'll wait and see. We're we're re- really ready for this. Um, and then uh, on our next subject here, uh, this is kind of a, um, a thing we haven't done actually uh, on this podcast before, but it's a product review. And today's product review is the. Uh, Skull Candy Dime XTs. Uh, Dime is actually a series that came out, I think, a couple years ago. Um, so there's the XTs, the original Dimes, and then the Dime 2s. Uh, just as an overview, uh, the sound quality is actually pretty good, I will say. There are a lot of nice high ends. You can even feel a good bit of bass in there. Skull Candy is actually pretty well known for their um, bass type headphones. Um, so I'm all for that there. Uh, the. <sighs> For me personally, 
and I don't know how you are with this, uh, JD, but I have a hard time with those <laughs> rubber tips that you can customize, like small, medium, large, or whatever. I have the same issue, actually. That's why I don't even, I don't even, I know a lot of people prefer the uh, AirPods Pro, which has those rubber tips at the end. And yeah. I just feel like they keep me from, you know, having the earbuds stay in my ear. And that's why I don't even use them. Um, the only ones that I would even think to use would be just the traditional AirPods. So, yeah, no, I'm right in the same boat with you. Yeah, absolutely. And I actually, um, the reason why I got these was because the left, um, earphone for my AirPods, for some reason, the volume just went really, really down, um, decreased quite a bit. I don't know why. So I just haven't even touched them to be honest. Um, they're the, uh, the first generation ones. But, uh, yeah, rubber tips, they just, it doesn't fit my ear. They keep falling out, especially, you know, when I lean over when I'm at work, um, you know, picking up fabric uh, and all that kind of stuff. It just, they fall out pretty easily. So I'm not a huge fan. But aside for that, let's just say that um, in general for, you know, it being a pair of um, earbuds that could fit normally for everybody, um, they're actually pretty good. They start at about $21, I think, um, on the actual site listed. And uh, I actually, at Walmart, they were 28. I added a small little plan, couple um, two-year plan for protection. Uh, so for what they're worth, they're actually pretty good. Uh, the battery life is 12 hours total um, with the case. Uh, the earbuds themselves last three and a half hours. Compared to most earbuds, that's not that great. Uh, especially, you know, if you're working like eight hours a day, you're, um, you know outside working out or whatever it's not too great again these are not cheap headphones but they're not like super premium so they're kind of in the middle so i would say that's a fair battery life but not that great um i don't know how you feel about that but yeah i mean i mean having eight out eight and a half hours on the case is not terrible but the fact that you can probably get close to that amount just from the buds on some of the more premium products out there that's that's a little bit iffy i don't know if i'd i'd be okay with that but then again these are just like you know twenty dollars so um it's kind of something you're gonna have to you know just realize you're gonna sacrifice on is some of the battery life um for me i know that i typically use uh one bud at a time just because i've got kids i've got a wife so i kind of want to make sure i have my ears open to make sure yeah i'm not missing anything or, or if they're calling me or whatever so that tends to increase my battery life on my buds i actually have the samsung buds live so i that's how i use them and it works great just because i can extend the battery life and it pretty much you know helps me out with even the um the juice that's in the case uh i can extend that as well so um all in all i think they're a fairly good you know product for 20 bucks and you're just trying to get something that'll work and it's cheap it's on the go it's true wireless yeah um it's nothing like super flashy but it definitely from what it sounds like it definitely gets the job done and and sounds like you can definitely hear the clarity in it as well Mm -hmm. yeah pretty much so um so that was just the review we'll probably do maybe um a couple of these every uh now and again uh not like a super long review like uh marquise or um zolotech or uh, those guys do like 14 minutes, but just a few minutes just to talk about it, uh, you know, see what's up with it, you know, what our opinions are on it. So, uh, but that's pretty yes. much it for those. Yeah. So. yeah and then uh, just looking ahead, we'll have next week's episode that'll be covering, of course, the Apple event and all that's announced there. Um, we'll also be having a podcast released on October 11th, and that will be covering the Google event that takes place on October 6th. So we'll have that. 
And the week after next, uh, we actually have something lined up as far as carriers and their plans and kind of just looking at what they offer. So we're excited to kind of dig deep into that, um, look at maybe what has the best, um, you know, bang for your buck. And we've definitely done, done quite a bit of research on, you know, root metrics and um, just all the perks that you can get with those carriers as well. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, last thing on the docket today is uh, we didn't do it last week, but I, I did find one uh, just a off-brand manufacturer, one that's not well known to the um, to the public as much as you know the big guys. Um, today's is called uh, Peak Design. It looks like they uh, mainly make stuff for uh, uh, camera uh, packing and organizing all that kind of stuff. Uh, there's different sizes, different colors, different options for you. So if you're a person who, you know, has a camera like Sony uh, and uh, you want to go out in the mountains, but you don't really want to worry about having to break or crack anything. Uh, and let me go ahead and read the um, what's called their origins, uh, how they were first uh, established. Uh, in 2010, fresh-faced Midwestern transplant uh, Peter Durling took a four-month trip around the world. On his trip, Peter learned that carrying a nice big camera around is actually a real pain in the butt. He returned to his San Francisco apartment and did what any responsible person would, quit his job and spent 10 months uh, meticulously designing a little device that would make carrying and using cameras an absolute joy. Instead of looking for big outside investors, Pete put his new invention, dubbed Capture, on a fledging website called Kickstarter and asked adventurous photographers like himself to take a chance on the little product. It was an enormous success, and Peak Design has been riding that wave of enthusiasm for smart design and delightful carry solutions ever since. Um, Yeah, so for those of you guys that don't know about Kickstarter, so they're a website where companies will post some of their um, pre-production models and allow investors to back them up and you know even get some um, of their full-fledged products sent to them so one of them was actually the t1 tomahawk which is a digital um, tape measure it's got a whole bunch of customizations on there Um, and then another one is the 4k gamer pro and this is a little device that allows you to somehow convert the output of a nintendo switch into 4k Um, not really entirely sure how that's done kind of seems weird that they can do that but it's there. So those are just a couple items that are even on Kickstarter. And um, Peak Design is just one of them that actually, um, you know, first started off with Kickstarter as well. So um, definitely looks like some nice products on there and um, pretty sleek. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, just a bit of a tidbit for you right now, they're doing uh, Garbage Bag of Money new phone launch event. Uh, guessing game, you can enter to win $10,000. So a little bit of a... Uh, cash prize there yeah yep so you can get the product and possibly get extra money so uh but that's peak design that's our uh um uh kind of unknown manufacturer although you know judging by the product and quality they might be a little more well known than i think um but yeah that's it yeah i don't know if they're necessarily in the mainstream but um, nah probably not definitely yeah (laughs) yep But that pretty much does it for this week's episode. We really appreciate you guys uh, listening in on it. And uh, definitely stay tuned for next week as we will be reviewing and looking at all the Apple products announced for tomorrow at the Apple Far Out event. If you did like the episode, um, go ahead and leave us a review and give us that thumbs up. And we will go ahead and catch you next week. Peace out. Peace out.